It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Football. All right, let's play this one more time here. For Matthew Collar's hanging out with us. Sage Rosenfels coming up shortly. It's the football hour. But uh, Cam, Cam Jordan, whether you agree or disagree with him, can we all agree, Matthew, that an athlete in front of cameras and reporters engaging in an actual fun debate about sports and quarterbacks is super refreshing? Yeah, generally it doesn't happen a lot. Those types of things happen with reporters off camera a lot where you're like, you know, what do you think of this guy? Or what do you think of that guy? Or you might just you know, kind of wander by some debate and offer a comment, but uh, usually they don't do it when it's on, like, Saints.com or, or whatever it might have been. This offense do well. We know they run it well. We know they've got a couple thousand yard receivers. They've got a quarterback who might be going to the Hall of Fame. He's only in sack 20 Is that true? Roethlisberger? Yeah. So, really? what did this offense do well? In this era. You put them at top five of this era. A couple Super Bowls. Is, probably gonna is that a yes or no? Yes. You put, so you have, who would be your top five? Drew. Drew. Tom. Tom. A-A-Ron. Hey, Aaron, who's got less Super Bowls than Roethlisberger, but let's keep going. Peyton. Peyton. Have decent numbers. Peyton. Peyton who? Manny. He's not. I didn't even count him in the <laughs> this era. Is, this is the era. He, he retired two years ago. I'd honestly put Eli before I put Ben, but okay. What? Two Super Bowls. If we're going by his numbers. Except, except exactly. Except Eli washed. Those are this. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> All right. Well, if we put. Peyton Manning in this era, let's say 2000 to right now. I mean, the first four are ironclad for me. Breeze in some order, Breeze, Brady, Peyton Manning, and Aaron Rodgers. And the fifth spot is the one that you'd be debating. So to that, Cam Jordan has a point. I mean, you could kind of have it be like a 5-5A five and five a with Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers. What Phillip Rivers has accomplished is incredible. Uh, but he hasn't gotten to a Super Bowl, which I think matters when you're a quarterback. It's kind of like if you're one of the great NBA players and if you don't make an NBA Finals, you have such an impact on whether your team wins or loses. I, I do look at what your success is as a quarterback. You can't control everything, but when you're in the league for 15 years, you better win. And the fact that Rivers hasn't gotten to one and Roethlisberger, if they have comparable stats, then I would say, all right, well, let maybe give a little bit of an edge to Roethlisberger, even though I think that Philip Rivers is amazing. And when I look at Roethlisberger, he did play for an all-time great franchise that consistently had some of the best defenses, but in a little bit of a way that hurts his numbers because he was playing Mike Zimmerball for a lot of his career. 
I mean, even the year that he came into the league, they were playing what Mike Zimmer wants you to play, which is hand off a lot, win with defense, and then have your quarterback make enough plays to win. But he was fantastic. And one of the stats you can kind of look at to see the situational stuff is QBR, the ESPN stat, which will kind of tell you, like, did he step up in those big moments? And Roethlisberger is always one of the best, which is hard to do. Usually there's fluctuations. He's always one of the best. The big moment type of quarterback who always came through, that was has been him for his entire career. So I, I look at the numbers in part, but also that too. And I, I think all six of those guys are Hall of Famers. It's just an era where quarterbacks have taken over, and you're going to have to put in more than maybe you would have in previous eras. So who's your five? The uh, four set, well, right? The, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, the four oh, set. The, the yeah. number five. The, fi- the, fi- the five is the fun discussion. What about here. Kurt Warner? So Kurt Warner's career so started that, in 1999. Is, that, is he this era? What are we I, calling this era? I don't well, I said that's what I need to know. I said 2000, I, I, the Peyton Manning era. So 98 really is what it would be. Okay. But Kurt Warner was 1999. But then Favre has to be back into the conversation. But we, Favre's MVPs came in the before 99. But and he, his Super Bowl came before but he continued 99. to play. Yeah, and he played in the era where the stats, you could throw 20 picks but still have an amazing year. Now if you yeah. threw 20 picks, they would like make you play in that AAF league. I put Brett Favre in the Troy Aikman era okay. in the 90s era Troy Aikman Steve Young yeah yeah okay. somewhere if he's there. there Ooh, okay I might put I mean Kurt, Kurt Warner was 1999 through 2009 yeah and he doesn't have the counting mm. numbers of some of these other dudes but, but he I has the I peak don't, I don't put him there his peak is amazing but I don't put him in the range of Rivers or Roethlisberger because they never had some huge dip or they, they, like the Giants he got, the Kurt he got Warner benched. Giants was oh, awesome. he, was he was bad right and then, he, and then he comes back and, and even then if you look at the Super Bowl yeah. that he went to with Arizona he's good their offense that year is just okay it's pretty good and then he got hot and things bounced the right way he's almost like a Carson Palmer yeah where Carson Palmer's great years are unbelievable but I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame I don't think I would have put Kurt Warner in the Kurt, Hall of Fame Kurt Warner is great at driving a Ferrari but when you put him in, when you put him in something a little more economical, Man, he was good. Though. He was he'd, he'd crash it. Those good years were so <laughs> damn oh, yeah. good. Oh yeah, the, those Rams the, years were phenomenal. The good years were incredible, but there weren't enough of them. And I feel the same way about Palmer. So I, I do think it has to be a harsher way of looking at it. But if you're talking about Roethlisberger and Rivers, I mean, these guys are putting up all time great stats. They've got a, a ton of wins, a ton of success, a ton of Pro Bowls. I mean, everything that you would check off every box. And especially doing it with one franchise, I think, matters a little bit to me, too. I mean, okay, like a, a Montana goes to the Chiefs at the end of his career. I'm not going to ding him for that. But if you're like Warner on three or four different teams, you're almost like a journeyman who got hot a few times. And then since you won a Super Bowl and had a few of the greatest offenses ever, you get a lot of credit for those. But being that true franchise guy like a John Elway or a Dan Marino, I think they fall in that same sort of category. Yeah, you know who's fifth all-time in passer rating, don't you? Who? It's probably Tony ridiculous. Romo. I mean, the, that's right. And we got a tweet. We, for me. we got a tweet Romo, dude. asking it's why Tony you Romo. didn't put him in this. Romo is is a Hall of Famer him. for me. I think he is. So, you guys know how much I love Tony Romo, but an all time great. I would. I don't. I, I, Philip Rivers has risen above Tony Romo for me. Longevity. They're both kind of in a similar bin. Yeah. But but Tony Romo does deserve a lot more Hall of Fame consideration. That he Tony Romo is going to be sort of like the Johan Santana type. Well, he never had a postseason success. You don't think he's Get in? I don't think so. But it's going to be wild if Tony Romo doesn't get in. And let's say Philip Rivers loses in the first their first game. 
this year, and then Rivers gets in, like, wait a minute. But, I mean, the one ding on Romo is that his career was not super long. Mm -hmm. Like, some of these guys went 15 years as a starter. It took him a lot longer, so he wasn't really a full-time starter till 2006, 2007. But, I mean, his career record was 78 and 49. I I mean, I think... He had an amazing career. I think a Dallas Cowboy quarterback who was as successful as him gets in. But I wonder, because I was going to ask about that too, I wonder if, to a degree, Tony Romo gets penalized because he was like the one cowboy quarterback that was good that didn't win. Yeah. And, you know? and because you think Staubach of, won and Aikman won. It's true. And you think of Tony Romo, I don't. I think of Tony Romo with little heart-shaped I eyes. <laughs> but most people think of Tony Romo as botching form. a snap and throwing interceptions, yeah. even though yeah. what people don't realize is he actually has the best fourth-quarter passer rating in the history of NFL quarterbacks. He was quarterbacks. fantastic, man. But because him, man. three different times on national TV he throws a pick or something, there was a game against the Broncos, the Peyton Manning Broncos, where it, w- it was some sort of 49-42 to 42 shootout, and Tony Romo throws a pick in the fourth quarter, and people are like, oh, see? See, Tony Romo. Like, no, he threw for 400 yards and one interception in the fourth, and Cowboys you blame quarterback, him. quarterback, man. Cowboys. You don't blame coaching. You don't blame defense. So I don't think that this era that you're talking about, the Peyton Manning era, is super hard, because I think that we just nailed all the guys who should be in, and maybe it takes Rivers a little longer. I don't know, but Roethlisberger will go right in. You get the Super Bowls along with all those stats and all the, the success, you're going right in. Yeah. I don't think that's a problem at all. Rivers, if he doesn't win this year, might have a little trouble, but he'll get in eventually. It's the next era that's tough because then you start looking at all sorts of quarterbacks with crazy numbers. I mean, I'm looking at the career all-time record for uh, passer rating, and Matt Ryan is in the top 10, and so is Kirk Cousins. Does anyone in the world <laughs> think that Kirk Cousins no. is playing like a Hall of Fame quarterback? No. I mean, I, it, and, and Matt Ryan... Same thing. Like he gets his team to a Super Bowl. He's a really good quarterback, but is he great? I'm I not think, sure. I think that list is going to have an incredibly hard time g- gaining an entry because I think that the quarterbacks in that discussion is is going to be what the receiver position has become in the current discussion, which is your numbers are padded by the rules. Yeah, but that's but it's that's why you compare it to era. It's 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 why you have to do what what this is. What about what era is Andrew Luck in? Because he's 30 years old now, I, I think 29. I think he's in the Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins sort of era of of just beyond those other guys, beyond the Roethlisberger Rivers. Matt Ryan Same is going to be... Same Cousins. He's going to be one of the hardest ones, Matt Ryan is, because he's 172 as a, as a starting quarterback with one of the best ratings of all time. But I don't think we ever look at him as one of the best quarterbacks. But when you go through his seasons, tons of wins, Super Bowl appearance that he... Should have won Man, if his play caller just yeah. called a run play instead of getting him sacked. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, from that era, I mean, let's call it the Matt Ryan sort of Russell Wilson is is on that track yep. right now. And Ryan's probably going to have an argument for it. But then after that, it's going to get really tricky because like Andrew Luck, I think, has a much longer career going. And I think Andrew Luck wins a Super Bowl at some point. So I think he He'll, probably will be. He goes in then. But I mean, even like Matt Stafford has all these great no, stats, see, and he's no not way. even close no to way. a Hall of Famer for me. Cousins, Stafford, all, all these guys are going to end their careers with big stats, and they're all going to be penalized by the fact that the rules were basically rigged in a way for them to succeed. Rightfully penalized, I think. And then, and then Eli is tough, too, because Eli is, by the end of his career, he will have been a 500 quarterback mm-hmm. with two great... 
Super Bowls, MVPs he totally deserved, and a lot of winning seasons, a lot of really, yeah. really good play during his prime. But then the, it's the second, last name with him, though. But this, well, you know, I also think so. I looked up just now his prime from 2005 to 2012, and he went 77 and 51 during that. And quarterback ratings were different, but his numbers are pretty good. 84 quarterback rating would have been pretty solid then. In terms of efficiency, he's good, and then the playoff success. But the whole second half of his career is a bus fire. And it's just very hard to be like, oh, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer when from, get this pulled up here, from 2013 on, he's 38 and 55. Yeah. Except <laughs> except he's got two championships, correct? Yeah. With the New York Giants. Yeah, no, that's it. If, and if I, he's I think he'll go it. in because of that. Here, here's some, speaking of like modern numbers compared to old numbers, you know who the 15th, well, actually, the, the 14th and 15th all-time best passer rating quarterbacks are? I have them in front of me. I mean, it's 14th funny. is Chad Pennington. Pennington. 15th, Judd? Marcus Mariota. If you scroll oh, farther my. down the list, there you the go. 15th best passer rating of all time. The yeah. farther you go, the funnier <laughs> I'm not it gets. Su- I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, Brian Greasy is right there with Roger Staubach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do not sell Chad Pennington short, okay? Football. It's Moss's quarterback. How about um, Blake Bortles coming up on Troy Aikman with the oh quarterback rating? I mean, it tells you a little bit about how flawed the quarterback rating is. Ryan Tannehill above Dan Marino. There's one uh, for as you. As expected. Yeah, football. In fact, to tell you, and this is what we used to get into with, uh, we used to get into this with Teddy, because, you know, you get the, well, he only had 14 touchdowns. You're like, yeah, okay. When you look at some of these guys who will get these big stats, like Ryan Tannehill this year has one of the top 10 quarterback ratings in the league. Did did we all just watch what happened on Sunday? Like, that guy can't play. Mm-hmm. He's He is the 24th best starting quarterback in the league. But if you just look at some of the counting stats, you get told a lot of lies there because it usually depends whether... To me, I always look at it as, does a quarterback do the things that get you closer to winning at a really high level? So do they... Uh, perform well on third and long. Third and seven and beyond is their big-time quarterbacks make big-time plays. Not necessarily fourth quarters, but fourth quarters late in close games. Like, th- th- does the other team know you're throwing and you still make a throw? Can you make plays off schedule, out of the pocket? Do you produce a lot of points per drive? Things like that. Things that aren't just like yards. Because we've seen this. We've seen against Chicago, Kirk Cousins puts up a ton of yards in the fourth quarter when they're down two scores, and there's a lot of that. John Kitna went back-to-back 4,000-yard seasons with Detroit, and they were awful. Yes. Matthew Collar's hanging out with us. Sage Rosenfels will join when we come back, uh, and the football hour rolls on, Judd Zolgad. first time. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, there's so much to do. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios before we get to Sage Rosenfels. Uh, 94 westbound. We still have that crash near Oakdale that's uh, causing about a six-minute delay now. Uh, it's between uh, Radio Drive and that uh, 694, 494 interchange, that area there. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, otherwise, uh, no other crashes really in the area right now. Just some slowdowns on 35W northbound and southbound near the uh, downtown area. So uh, typical traffic day here in the Twin Cities. Uh, Sage Rosenfels joined the boys uh, earlier today. We uh, had a chance to catch up with him and start out talking about just how smart he is about football. You're a football geek, you know? but you don't try and go, you don't try and go like, uh-huh. 
Harvard football where I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? You know, uh, Jason Garrett used to say, the smartest people in the world take complex situations and they make them simple. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was, I'm not trying to say that I'm smart. So I just, <laughs> that was a phrase that I would, you know, and then you have, you know, it's like the people in your life who, you know, their lives somehow are just always really hard. And it's like, you're actually, your life seems to be pretty easy to me. Yeah. I know the people who seem to live really complex and challenging lives who, you know, never seem to complain. Yeah. I feel like that's a good segue into what the Vikings did to the Dolphins <laughs> offensively last week. And and Sage, you have been, uh, a lot of the things that you've been saying with us and on the Purple Podcast, it's like all of them started to come to fruition with Kevin Stefanski at the helm. They they run the ball twice as often as they throw the ball in that game, and they do things that seemingly played to Kirk Cousins' strengths. So now the thing is with the whole, this whole situation, I've sort of guessed right, right? So far I sure said this is what they need to do. They did it, and it worked out. It does help when you can run the football the way the Vikings did on that opening drive. And so, you know, it really does rely on that. The question is, what happens if they can't run the ball well? Uh, you know, they're getting just all ones and twos and a couple of negatives. And, you know, it wasn't dialed up in six, seven yards to carry that seemed like. You know, in that football game, how much does the play action get affected uh, if they can't run the football? But if they can and they try and they, and they make the effort, uh, and it looked like they made the effort in that last football game, man, it does open up a lot of other things, you know, a- advantageous uh, coverages on the outside and easy completions gets Kirk out of the pocket. So he's not in there, you know, with the ball in his hands and, and we're hoping something bad doesn't happen. So uh, I think it's a, it's a more conservative way of playing it. It keeps your quarterback out of trouble. Uh, what they do say is, you know, at the end of the day, a really good quarterback has to get you a third and eight. You know, to to win a playoff game or win your Super Bowl, usually you have to get those that you know a, a couple big time plays they have to do. But you know, I think minimizing in, uh, his exposure to negatives and 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 having that running game, which seems like the the line obviously loved and played very well, uh, probably played their best game of the year. Uh, uh, let's give these guys a chance and let's just see if this you know may, might be a little bit more boring. But let's just see if this uh, you know can work out for us. Baltimore hasn't you know they throw like fifteen passes a game. And they've got a decent chance of making the playoffs in the AFC. You know, let's maybe try to have a little bit more of that type of style and keep ourselves out of trouble. So, Sage, speaking of directions in which this offense can now go, we, we obviously saw the common sense offensive philosophy uh, that uh, that gave Cook the ball to run several times against the Dolphins. How much opportunity is there now also to incorporate Cook into the passing game? Well, there's a lot. I mean, they ran a couple screens in that game. You know, that first drive was run. Screen, run, bootleg, run, run, bootleg touchdown. That was the first drive. Uh, not one of those drop back pass, not one of those, hey, we're going to go into shotgun four wide or three wide. Uh, it was a lot of CJ Hamlet, two tight ends. And, uh, you know, the screen game, that's another way, again, of sort of protecting your quarterback. You know, in a preseason game, your first, your first pass for a quarterback in a preseason game, your rookie year should be a screen. All right, just don't throw it to the other team. If it's no good, throw it away. There's very little decision-making you know, to be had, but you get a chance to get a ball to a, a playmaker out on the edge. And, I mean, this running back, Dalvin Cook, uh, he's a playmaker. He's a home run guy. He's an explosive guy. He's not an Adrian Peterson 28 carries a game guy, I don't think, for 16 games. But he's a guy that if you get the ball in his hands enough times, 
he has that sort of Percy Harvin explosive ability. And, uh, and I think, you know, if you can get the ball to him in space on screens, uh, I, I hope they run a lot more of those the rest of the season. So the screen pass in itself, Sage, seems like a very simple pass, a dumbed down play in, in some ways that can make it easy for the quarterback. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, the pick six that uh, that was intended for Diggs and on which uh, Cousins talked about a block being missed did come on a screen pass. Explain to me why it seems that there are times where Cousins has problems with the screen game. Okay, so every screen is different, right? And in this particular screen, basically the worst thing that could have happened did. And on that screen is when the, the basically the Sam linebacker or the strong safety, whoever's in that position over the slot guy, is called to blitz. And I believe that was what they call a Sam blitz or a nickel Sam uh, dog in that game. And basically, if he hits it just right, he's either going to intercept the pass or he, the pass can go right by him, and then Rudolph moves up to the next level. I don't believe Kyle Rudolph could have gotten to the, you know, that player on that play. It wasn't a read. That was a straight-up blitz, and he just sort of ran right into it. And Cousins has to see that. And, and it's the only thing. You know, when, when you're a quarterback, you're always looking at what's the thing that can really screw me up. You know, I've got a, I've got a pass play on here. What's your, the, a will-free safety blitz that's going to screw me up? You know what I'm looking at a lot during the pre-snap stuff? Where's the free safety? If the free safety's up high, I'm good. I'm protected. Where's you, where's the, what can hurt you? And on the, on the screen like that is that guy that's over the slot, he's the guy that can really take this thing away if he blitzes. And Cousins, I don't believe, just didn't see him. And, and I don't believe Rudolph had a chance to get to him. Sage, do you get the sense, too, that with Stefanski that we're going to see a little bit more of, of a game plan offense, not necessarily like a specific system or we gonna run, we want to run these type of plays, but you know, sort of looking at what the next opponent is and where you can expose you know, the weaknesses, like for this week, for example, with the Lions, you're trying to find weaknesses in their defense and to see if you can dial up some plays and, and dial up a game plan to expose some of those weaknesses. Well, in this you know, type of game plan, uh, and, and by the way, when you're, when you're always throwing the football, your game plan, a lot of it starts with pass protections, right? It doesn't really matter how many plays you have passing-wise, but, you know, if, if pass protections aren't good, how are we going to block these guys? Chips, uh, you know, running back help, are we going to slide it a certain way? Start with pass protection. In run game-oriented schemes, it starts off with, you know, sort of what are the best ways to run the football? What's the best types of concepts? Is it zone stuff? Is a guy, you know, tosses or guys are pulling? what type of players they have. But at the end of the day, if you play sort of big man football, uh, and maybe this is a week or we start seeing in the next few weeks where they they uh, eligible and a tackle to play tight end and Rudolph plays then the second tight end, and we're just going to go heavy on you and we're going to run downhill at you. The thing is, if you can do that, that's good versus everything. Everything they can throw at you, you have an answer for if you can basically – man for man, we're going to run downhill and get you three or four yards. And then what works off of that, again, the play action, the bootleg type stuff, uh, because teams, you know, overcommit to the run. So it's, it's a totally different style of football. It wins a lot of games. And, and again, it's, to me, it's less about trying to find some sort of weakness in, uh, in Detroit this week. Uh, and to me, it's some of it in what they've done so far is let's find our weaknesses, the Vikings' weaknesses, and let's minimize those things 
uh, and try to maximize the things that we're best at. Yeah, Sage Rosenfeld's with us here. It's the football hour on a Friday, Mackie and Judd. Uh, I, off off the Viking stuff here for just a second. Did you happen to see the uh, the interaction between Cam Jordan and uh, and a reporter about Ben Roethlisberger this week? That was hilarious. So that was the best. That was the best moment of the week. It was amazing. Do you think Cam Jordan is right that Ben Roethlisberger is not one of the five best quarterbacks of this era? For one, can I can I say something? You see how he was talking? That's how we talk in the lunchroom or in the locker room, right? Yeah. I mean, that was him totally, you know, having his opinion. It's so much that the players have to, you know, be politically corrected. Well, you know, he was a great player, and this guy is a great player, and just say everyone's a great player. I love the fact that for whatever reason he decided to. Uh, throw a jab at Ben Roethlisberger, and he <laughs> truly doesn't believe he's a top five guy. So the question is, what era are you talking about? And I thought he made an interesting point. You know, Peyton Manning is of this area. He's two years retired, but for the vast majority of Roethlisberger's career, you know, it was a Peyton Manning uh, and Tom Brady uh, conference. You know, those guys really dominated that conference. Now, trying to say he is better than Eli Manning or, or worse or whatever. You know that's interesting. I, I you know I listen. I played with Eli. Uh, you know, I love the guy. But if you look at you know statistically or just consistently making the playoffs, then you know I have you know wins as, as, as a quarterback uh, stats. But making the playoffs is important. Being a winner is important. And, and, and Ben Roethlisberger has made the playoffs almost every year. I would probably say eighty percent of the time since he's been in, in Pittsburgh. And Eli, I believe, has only made it two or three times, uh, maybe three times in his career. Yeah. Hey, what's what's like the most from what you can remember, a locker room debate like that? What's the most fun debate or heated debate uh, whether it's about a quarterback, whatever? Like what are some of the debates that stand out in your mind from just hanging around the the locker room or the lunchroom? Well, you can have a debate about anything, right? You really can. Now usually it's not politics or religion, you begin debates about anything. How about who has the coolest name? Uh, of a phone number in your phone. <laughs> like we had that debate in the locker room one time where we're trying to figure out who's got the coolest guy's name in the phone, right? And I got, you know, I got this guy and somebody knows this guy. And we're going on this thing for a half an hour. This thing is bouncing all over the room. And finally, Amon Green said, he came, he walks in later. So I mean, he says, Oh, I got Michael Jordan's name in my number. Boom. And that was <laughs> End of the conversation. <laughs> and debate was quickly answered. Yeah, someone someone said I have George Bush, and then he said I have Michael Jordan, and he wins the argument. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Even in Houston, which is where this happened. Even in Houston. <laughs> hey, Sage. So t- tell me this too, as we wind down here. And the Dolphins actually came in last week with a lot to play for, but it was my contention after until uh, Kirk threw the pick six, which put them back in that game, that the Dolphins appeared to be, let's say, not all that interested in playing in that game. What's this sport like this time of year now as far as guys who uh, who clearly make, and it, it might be teams too, business decisions that we don't love our coach, our playoff hopes are either dead or they're, or they're not great, and we could go out and play hard, but if we do, we, we might get hurt because I fully expect with Patricia and how things have gone in Detroit this year that we might see a Lions team on Sunday that looks fairly ambivalent to playing in that football game. Yeah, by the way, the Dolphins, that was surprising because mm-hmm. uh, you know, they were still in playoff contention, 7-6, and six, just gotten a, a huge victory against the Patriots at home on that miracle play. But, I mean, first quarter, they looked uh, you know, terrible defensively. That, that was one of those teams where you can tell uh, somebody's already made their vacation plans uh, you know, for, 
for January, and, and that that was surprising to me. Now, having said that, with the you just don't know. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the players on the team and how much they really like their coach. Uh, a couple of years I played with Gary Kubiak. Guys played extremely hard. We would beat teams to try to get to eight and eight. We beat the I think the Bears one time, or or somebody who was trying to get to the playoffs, and we beat them and they didn't make the playoffs, and we had nothing to play for. We love playing for Cubs and, 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 and those types of things. The players like playing together. Uh, but then there's other teams where it's not as much like that. Plus, there's sort of the organizational you know, factor where some teams will maybe try to shut down, in particular maybe a star like a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, possibly or something like that, and shut someone out. They have no chance to make the, making the playoffs. And that sort of puts a damper on things. But I was usually never around that. For me, everyone was playing to try to win every football game. Even if we we're out of it, you know, when I was with the, the Dolphins, we were three and seven in one of our last six games. Mm-hmm. You know, that year really had nothing to play for. Three and seven, and boom, we go on a roll. And we were out of the playoffs before. I think we had two games left in the season, or something like that, that year. So, uh, yeah, every team is different. I think a lot of it has to do with probably the respect that the players have for the head coach. Uh, Iowa State, Washington State. What's the first of all? When is that game being played? That is the 28th. I will be down there. I'm really looking forward. It's my first bowl game since 2000, the one that I had a chance to play in. Oh, you going to beat the fighting Mike Leeches, or what's going to happen? You know, I don't know. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe seeing some cool press conference uh, quotes leading up to this game. Uh, and uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. It should be a fun game. We've got a great young football coach. He's a young guy, Matt Campbell. He's about 38 years old. And I, I think they've been there maybe three seasons now, and, and, and two bowl games has done a fantastic job turning around this football team. We've got a great young quarterback. He's a true freshman. We have an awesome running back, David Montgomery, who will be in the NFL, one of those guys that Campbell brought from Ohio. And, uh, and we got this receiver, Hakeem Butler, uh, who's, twi- who's his cousins were twins. They were the Harrison brothers who play basketball Kentucky in the NBA. So we've got some really good you know, kids on that football team. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch the last few years. I'm looking forward to going out of that bowl game. But I like we got to play some serious defense, though, against that Mike Le- Leach and the Air Raid or whatever you want to call it, Air Leach. And uh, <laughs> it should be a fun game to watch. Yeah. Sage Rosenfels, uh, we're, we're both going to be off uh, next Friday, so we'll catch up with you after the new year, man. See you, Sage. Sounds great. Sounds right. great. Sage Rosenfels, you can also find him on the Purple Podcast, Mackie and Judd Football Hour. Mackie and Judd are back. Please. Continue. On 1500 ESPN. Football. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the football hour. And if you missed any of Sage Rosenfels, you can you can find him, well, three days a week right now, twice on Purple Podcast, once on Mackie and Judd, 1500ESPN.com. But uh, Matthew Collar, I, I don't think it's a secret at this point. People who listen to the show and who listen to the Purple Podcast know that you don't shy away from bowl season. I mean, it's hard enough for you to be in here and engaging with us when the famous Idaho Potato Bowl is happening on the big right screen now, over here. Right yes. now. It is football season for me. Wow. On the Smurf turf yes. in Boise. Yes. yes. Uh, um, 35-10 BYU over the Western Michigan team that P.J. Fleck abandoned, and, by the way. And what's made it even easier is the Vikings are playing Detroit and... I mean, aside from this game matters a lot to playoff scenarios, but when you're looking at Detroit, like, all right. I mean, 
There isn't any of those like hey, key matchups. This elite player versus the Vikings' offensive line, or who's going to shut down Thielen or Diggs? Like, man, this Detroit team is not good. At yeah, the just moment. fast forward. You to should Chicago really game. beat them. So, so you're all bowls now. Then I, it's oh, all yeah, bowls yeah, all yeah. the time. Okay. Yes. Well, we were hoping that in the in the early portion of the bowl games this week, as we as we kick off the slate, we were hoping that you could give us I don't know two three minutes of your bowl game observations to this sure, point. Sure. Okay. Uh, well, some of the uh, ones that have happened the last few days. One of my favorites was, actually I don't have the bold names here unfortunately. Well, that's kind of the best part. What is this? Do I get a bold name here? Well anyway. Uh, Eastern Michigan and Georgia Southern was a great one. Great matchup and the, my favorite part of that one was that Georgia Southern won 23-21 and threw seven total passes. But they have a very intriguing quarterback. Shy Wirtz is his name and I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Schwartz? Shy S H A I Wirtz, not Schwartz. Shy Wirtz. He threw seven Shorts. passes, but he could be on the like Jarek McKinnon route. I wouldn't be surprised if, if not this year, because I think he's like a sophomore. Like a couple years from now, you see Shy Wirtz as a running back for somebody. You gotta, that's, oh, what? That's the transition sounder. Oh, okay. All right. So that was. Oh, you've got the names here. Okay. Thank you. There's your bowl listing from Wikipedia. All right. So I'm, I got to cross it because I've got all the scores so I can remember what I saw. Now, my favorite one so far was Marshall and uh, South Florida. Oh, God. And that classic. was the yeah. Gasparilla Bowl. <laughs> I love that one. And. Uh, what happened in that one was there was a monsoon in like late first quarter. So the teams were just going back and forth. And then all of a sudden, it just, the skies opened up and it started pouring. So in this, uh, there was something to do with mowers too. It's the Gasparilla Bowl, but it was brought to you by some sort of mower. And bad boy mowers. Bad boy mowers. What makes it a bad boy mower? It's, I, it's cut, just, your, cut your foot off just, and you watch just, out. Just their brand. Yeah. This is for bad boys only. Bad like, Boy hot, Records, hot, maybe? Hot, hot, maybe, hot. maybe Sean Combs owns it? Or maybe something. that's what it is. Yeah, it's maybe. P. Diddy's. This guy doesn't more follow the rules when doing his shrubs. Um, so, <laughs> Bad Boy? So at one, point, at one point, there were four touchdowns in about a quarter, and a dude made a Randy Moss catch in between three guys, which why would you ever throw it up in between three guys unless... You have Marshall has the next Randy Moss, which I'm sure this guy won't be, but he made a great play. <laughs> Jumped over everybody. It's pouring. The quarterback at one point gets in a fight with another wow. guy. It was great. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, it wasn't oh, like was it wasn't fight? like a complete throwdown, but it was like Still. all of a sudden the quarterback is sort of throwing punches at wow. some guy going after him. Uh, today, our friend Danny Cunningham pointed out to me that Florida International won on a late touchdown by a guy who not only is related to Delvin Cook, is Delvin Cook's uncle. You know, that, you know how you can have your uncle could be younger than you? Yeah, like yeah I've always of, been confused by that. But yeah, yeah that uh, definitely happens. Confused yeah. as well, yeah. It's like if you're, if you're what? It's like sister, if you had, let's say there's a 20-year gap between you and your brother or sister. Brother, yeah. And then like, but they have a kid before you're born, right? Yeah. And so the kid so. is older than you. <laughs> anyway, but that, thing again. that happened. Thank you. And then... Now, the funny story about that is Delvin's uncle, who plays for Florida International, earlier this year was shot in the neck and was in a coma, but now he's fine. They showed the scar today, yeah. Yeah. Like, should you be playing? Okay, actually, I did watch five minutes of this game. It was the last five minutes. (laughs) Toledo had one of the greatest garbage time touchdowns I've ever seen. It was no time on the clock. They were down by 10. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And this dude catches a pass and drags one foot in the back of the end zone from like oh, 40 yards yeah. out. It was incredible. And it meant nothing. But it was one of the great catches I've seen in, in any of these Stats bowl games this week. And At its finest. Yeah. The, the uh, Idaho Potato Bowl, famous Idaho Potato Bowl, because it is indeed famous, right now going on is some magnificent offense for BYU. Their quarterback at this very moment as we speak, is 15 for 15 for 265 yards and three touchdowns in the third quarter. Boy, that's Matthew Collar's bowl recaps. And this is just a warm-up because I'm sure, I mean, by next week and the week after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still, what did Jonathan say? There's 24 of them to go. Yeah, 24. uh, I also didn't realize that the Bahamas Bowl was actually in the Bahamas. It is. I oh, thought yeah. I thought that was some I sort love of when like you said it wasn't there. Yeah, no. I mean, I I was I didn't look it up, so I, I was sort of like half kidding on Twitter, and I was like, oh, the irony is it's not in the Bahamas, but it actually is in the Bahamas. Yeah, it definitely was. I'm very it's, disappointed. Yeah, sparse crowd. I mean, you were Mister Bulls, basically. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Yeah. The reason that I love the Bulls is because I know nothing about them. I know nothing about the team, the UAB Blazers. Like, don't know nothing about them, but here they are in the Boca Raton Bowl. Let's go. It's no strings attached football. It's like going to Vegas for football, where like what's what I see in the bowl games stays in the bowl games, and then I remember nothing after. Football. Like, so it's so a one year, night stand with football. Is yeah, that what you're that's telling us? UAB so, man, the power of Joe Webb. So wow. next year, I didn't know Joe Webb went there. I think mm-hmm. um, I want to say Stefan Diggs has a brother that goes there. So next it's his, year, it's his uncle actually. This time. <laughs> If you guys said, hey, remember that famous Idaho Potato Bowl from last year where the BYU quarterback went crazy in the first three quarters? I'd be like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. The problem is, if, if there is an actual famous, famous Idaho Potato Bowl, it's not, it's not going to be distinguishable. Is it, is it referring to the potato or the bowl? Like, is the, the potato, potato no, famous? No, it's the potato. <laughs> Guess you have oh, to watch to find the famous well, potato. Well, then that is famous. Yeah, it's a famous potato. That's very There's famous. nothing to do with the bowl. Everyone knows Idaho potatoes. I thought it was the bowl no. that they were... Being just sort of braggadocia there. I like the fact that that you compared your obsession to bowls with with basically one night stands. Yeah, that's that's what I've never thought of bowl games like like that. And you know, going in that it's a one night stand. Except if it was a one night stand, I probably wouldn't fall asleep. But during a lot of bowl games, I'll watch on the couch and sort of doze off. (laughs) Then you wake up and you know, team has come back from down twenty. No, I'm not as old as you, Judd. Uh, (laughs) Just wait. I mean, so that's one of the great parts. <laughs> we wrap with Roycey. <laughs> Just wait. When we come back, we say goodbye. Mackie and Judd are back. Please, continue. On 1500 ESPN. Football. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the football hour. And if you missed any of Sage Rosenfels, you can, you can find him, well, three days a week right now, twice on Purple Podcast, once on Mackie and Judd, 1500ESPN.com. But uh, Matthew Collar, I, I don't think it's a secret at this point. People who listen to the show and who listen to the Purple Podcast know that you don't shy away from bowl season. I mean, it's hard enough for you to be in here and engaging with us when the famous Idaho Potato Bowl is happening is on the big right screen now, over here. Right yes. now. It is football season for me. Wow. On the Smurf turf yes. in Boise. Yes. yes. Uh, um, 35-10 BYU over the Western Michigan team that P.J. Fleck abandoned, and, by the way. And what's made it even easier is the Vikings are playing Detroit. And, I mean, aside from this game matters a lot to playoff scenarios, but when you're looking at Detroit, like, all right. I mean, 
There isn't any of those like key matchups, this elite player versus the Vikings offensive line or who's going to shut down Thielen or Diggs. Like, man, this Detroit team is not good at yeah, the just moment. Fast forward you to should Chicago, really yeah. beat them. So, so you're all bowls now then. I, it's oh, all yeah, bowls yeah, all yeah. the time. Okay. Yes. Well, we were hoping that in the in the early portion of the bowl games this week as we as we kick off the slate, we were hoping that you could give us, I don't know, two, three minutes of your bowl game observations to this sure, point. Sure, Okay. Uh, well, some of the uh, ones that have happened in the last few days, one of my favorites was, actually, I don't have the bowl names here, unfortunately. Well, that's kind of the best part. What is this? Do I get a bowl name here? Well, anyway, uh, Eastern Michigan and Georgia Southern was a great one. Great matchup. And the, my favorite part of that one was that Georgia Southern won 23-21 and threw seven total passes. But they have a very intriguing quarterback. Shy Wirtz is his name. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Schwartz? Shy, S-H-A-I, Wirtz. Not Schwartz. Shy Wirtz. He threw seven Schwartz. passes, but he could be on the like Jarek McKinnon route. I wouldn't be surprised if if not this year, because I think he's like a sophomore. Like a couple years from now, you see Shy Wirtz as a running back for somebody. You got Oh, what? That's the transition sounder. Oh, okay. All right. So that was, oh, you've got the names here. Okay. Thank you. There's your bowl listing from Wikipedia. All right. So I'm, I got to cross <laughs> it because I've got all the scores so I can remember what I saw. Now, my favorite one so far was Marshall and uh, South Florida. Oh, okay. And that classic. was the yeah. Gasparilla Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. And uh, what happened in that one was there was a monsoon in like late first quarter. So the teams were just going back and forth. And then all of a sudden, it just, the skies opened up and it started pouring. So in this, uh, there was something to do with mowers too. It's the Gasparilla Bowl, but it was brought to you by some sort of mower. And bad boy mowers. Bad boy mowers. What makes it a bad boy mower? It's, I, it's cut, just, your, cut your foot off just, and you watch just, out. Just their brand. Yeah. It's for bad boys only. Bad Boy like, Records, maybe? Maybe maybe Sean Combs owns it? Or maybe something. that's what it is. Yeah, it's P. Diddy's. This guy doesn't more follow the rules when doing his shrubs. Um, so, <laughs> Bad Boy? So at one, point, at one point, there were four touchdowns in about a quarter, and a dude made a Randy Moss catch in between three guys, which why would you ever throw it up in between three guys unless you have Marshall has the next Randy Moss, which I'm sure this guy won't be, but he made a great play. <laughs> Jumped over everybody. It's pouring. The quarterback at one point gets in a fight with another wow. guy. It was great. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, oh, like, was it a wasn't like a complete throwdown, but it was Still. like all of a sudden the quarterback is sort of throwing punches at wow. some guy going after him. Uh, today, our friend Danny Cunningham pointed out to me that Florida International won on a late touchdown by a guy who not only is related to Delvin Cook, is Delvin Cook's uncle. You know, that, you know how you can have your, your uncle could be younger than you? Yeah, like yeah I've always of, been confused by that. But yeah, yeah that uh, definitely happens. Yeah. As well, yeah. It's like if you're, if you're what? It's like sister, if you had, let's say there's a 20-year gap between you and your brother or sister. Brother, yeah. And then like, but they have a kid before you're born, right? Yeah. And so the kid so. is older than you. <laughs> anyway, that, that, thing again. that happened. Thank you. And then... Now, the funny story about that is Delvin's uncle, who plays for Florida International, earlier this year was shot in the neck and was in a coma, but now he's fine. They showed the scar today, yeah. Yeah. Like, should you be playing? Okay, actually, I did watch five minutes of this game. It was the last (laughs) five minutes. Toledo had one of the greatest garbage time touchdowns I've ever seen. It was no time on the clock. They were down by 10. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And this dude catches a pass and drags one foot in the back of the end zone from like oh, 40 yards yeah. out. It was incredible. And it meant nothing. But it was one of the great catches I've seen in, in any of these bowl games this week. And at its finest. Yeah. The, the uh, Idaho Potato Bowl, famous Idaho Potato Bowl, because it is indeed famous, right now going on is some magnificent offense for BYU. Their quarterback, at this very moment as we speak, is 15 for 15 for 265 yards and three touchdowns in the third quarter. Boy, that's Matthew Collar's bowl recaps. And this is just a warm-up because I'm sure, I mean, by next week and the week after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still, what did Jonathan say? There's 24 of them to go. Yeah, 24. uh, I also didn't realize that the Bahamas Bowl was actually in the Bahamas. It is. I thought I thought that was some I sort love of when like you said it wasn't there. Yeah, no. I mean, I I was I didn't it was look it up, so I, I was sort of like half kidding on Twitter, and I was like, oh, the irony is it's not in the Bahamas, but it actually is in the Bahamas. Yeah, it definitely was. I'm very it's, disappointed. Yeah, sparse crowd. I mean, you were Mr. Bulls, basically. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Yeah. The reason that I love the Bulls is because I know nothing about them. I know nothing about the team, the UAB Blazers. Like, don't know nothing about them, but here they are in the Boca Raton Bowl. Let's go. It's no strings attached football. It's like going to Vegas for football, where like what's what I see in the bowl games stays in the bowl games, and then I remember nothing after. Football. Like, so it's so a one year, night stand with football. Is yeah, that what you're that's telling correct. us? Correct. UAB so, man, the power of Joe Webb. So wow. next year, I didn't know Joe Webb went there. I think mm-hmm. um, I want to say Stefan Diggs has a brother that goes there. So next it's his, year, it's his uncle actually. This time. <laughs> If you guys said, hey, remember that famous Idaho Potato Bowl from last year where the BYU quarterback went crazy in the first three quarters? I'd be like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. The problem is, if, if there is an actual famous, famous Idaho Potato Bowl, it's not, it's not going to be distinguishable. Is it, is it referring to the potato or the bowl? Like, is the, the potato, potato no, famous? No, it's the potato. <laughs> Guess you have oh, to watch to it's find the famous potato. Well, then that is famous. Yeah, it's a famous potato. That's very There's famous. nothing to do with the bowl. Everyone knows Idaho potatoes. I thought it was the bowl no. that they were being just sort of braggadocia there. I sitting. like the fact that, that you compared <laughs> your obsession to bowls with, with basically one-night stands. Yeah. That's, that's what I've feels, never thought of bowl games like, like that. And you know except, going in that it's a one-night stand. Yeah. Except if it was a one-night stand, I probably wouldn't fall asleep. But I'll, during a lot of bowl games, I'll watch on the couch and just sort of doze off. <laughs> then you wake up Still and the, might. The, you know, team has come back from down 20. No, I'm not as old as you, Judd. Uh, <laughs> just wait. I mean, so that's one of the great parts. <laughs> we wrap with Royce <laughs> when we come back and we say goodbye. Million dollar payroll team next year. Yeah, and I thought I thought Carlos Santana was going to be an interesting one that they could take money on with, but that didn't happen. No, yeah, he's going Indy's back going home. Back. But then, but uh, Cleveland managed to get rid of uh, some salary in the you know in the turnaround there. So, yeah. Pat, we uh, great trade for the Dodgers, though, man. We uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas and. Uh, I don't know, maybe even a Happy New Year, I guess, yeah, depending on when we talk you next. You guys are taking off next week. That's, you know what that means, Judd? No Unchained. I know, I know, but soon enough well, we'll be but, back. But by the time we get back together, it will be really Unchained. Oh, it'll be super yeah. Unchained. <laughs> unchained 2.0. See you, Royce. Have a good Christmas, Judd. All right, Mackie and Judd. Uh, vet line on Sunday, on-demand Mackie and Judd content at 1500ESPN.com. Merry Christmas, everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton. Motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. 
All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.